Before we get started today, I have an announcement, and that is that today's episode is the final episode of the first season of Bringing Up Betty. Now, I don't want you to think that the show is going anywhere. In fact, I already have the second season of interviews recorded. It's going to be a great lineup with people like Mary Evelyn Smith of What Do You Do, Dear? Our first few interviews with dads, including Mike Porath, who is the founder of The Mighty. And you'll get more of Betty's story, including her transition from early intervention to special education. And to be honest, that is a big part of why I'm taking this little break. Betty is getting ready to attend preschool and to make her transition as smooth and easy as possible, I'm going to try and focus most of my time and energy on that. On that note, we're getting ready for Betty's first IEP meeting, my first ever IEP meeting, and I would like to put a call out there for help and advice. If you've ever done an IEP meeting, if you've been there, and you have some wisdom to offer or advice for a first-timer, please send it my way. I would love it if you would record audio of your advice on my website, but if you'd rather write a note, you can always email me at bringingupbetty at gmail.com or leave a comment on today's show notes at bringingupbetty.com slash 15. If you'd like to make sure that you hear about when the show comes back, all you have to do is make sure you're subscribed to the Bringing Up Betty newsletter. Just visit bringingupbetty.com news. Okay, I think that's all for announcements for now. Let's get on with the show. In January of 2013, my baby girl Betty was born. Later, we discovered a chromosomal deletion that would affect the rest of her life. I created this podcast to share the stories and struggles of special needs children and their families. This is episode 15 of Bringing Up Betty. I'm Sarah Evans. Christmas time is one of my favorite seasons. If I can pull away from the stress and hustle that's involved, it can really be a magical time. We get to see some of the best in ourselves and in others as we extend kindness, generously give, and think of friends, family, and neighbors in a more appreciative way. In the spirit of the season, today's episode focuses on kindness. Several weeks ago, I asked a question, what is the kindest thing someone has done to support you, your family, or your child. I got so many wonderful responses, and today I'm going to share them. The purpose of this episode is not only to bring us sweet, heartwarming feelings, but also to assist those who might wonder how to best support a family like ours. You'll hear examples of kindnesses, big and small, and I hope that this will give us all some ideas of things we can do to show love and support to parents, families, and individuals around us who are going through difficult challenges. From the time that we detected any problems with Betty through her diagnosis and since then, there have been so many acts of service and kindness towards our family. 
Initially, there was kind of a big outpouring. Cupcakes, treats, notes, kind words, and friends that were supportive and, and let me lean on them and vent and tell the details to. But when I thought about the kindest thing that someone has done, still, several things came to mind. And, and most of them have to do with food, um, partly because I just stink at getting dinner on the table even when there isn't a crisis. But I remember one week when a friend of mine had been talking to me about the upcoming week. It was a crazy one. I don't know what I was thinking, but we somehow had something like 13 appointments scheduled between all of our different therapies and specialist visits. And I know for some people, maybe that's a normal week, but for us, it wasn't. And I had just been talking to this friend about how crazy it was going to be. And later that night, I got a text from her that said that she and four of my other friends had arranged to bring me dinner every night that week. Um, and she said, don't try to say no, because even if you do, it's going to happen. That week ended up being even crazier than we had anticipated. I ended up um, going to the ER, and I and my family were so grateful for my wonderful friends who stepped up and took action to be so kind and helpful. My child, Xavier, has hydrocephalus. When uh, Xavier was at Primary Children's, he spent four months up there um, after he was born, three months premature. And I remember a couple things uh, that do stand out. Um, we had a lot of nice things that were done for us, but uh, one thing is that uh, uh, some of the neighborhood ladies came by and they cleaned her house. Um, my wife and I were absent a lot during this time, and uh, our other kids were taken care of, but this was just one thing that, uh, one less thing that we had to worry about. It was a really great thing that, that they did for us. Another thing, that stood out is uh, one of our neighbors just brought over a Smith's grocery card. You know, our finances have been really stretched during this time. We had no idea how long Xavier would be in the hospital and uh, how many more surgeries he would need. Um, and we were just very grateful for that. And it's uh, been a good learning experience for us that when someone is in need, uh, we don't say, you know, let us know what we can do. Um, from this, from our experience, just we, we go do something for them. We don't wait for them to ask uh, for help or let us know what they can do because that, that's not where their mind is. We just go do something for them. There was there was a time when Henry was in kindergarten and Jack was just starting preschool, and we had him in a an autism preschool that was. It was like a 45 minute drive from our house and it was just so tricky because he was getting out of preschool like right around the same time that Henry was getting out of kindergarten 45 minutes away and I didn't know what I was going to do. I had this big dilemma um, and we, we didn't feel good about like moving him to a, a closer preschool. So um, for an entire year, four of my friends in my neighborhood caught wind of it and they said, that's crazy. You can't try to like drive back and forth and, and try to make, you know, have one child wait while you're trying to get the other. And they said, we'll handle it. We'll pick up Henry. And they did. They, they picked him up every day. I picked him up on Fridays because my husband was able to help me that day, but they picked him up four days a week at 
11.45 or whatever time he got out and they fed him lunch and he played with their children until I could get back with Jack. And it went on for an entire school year and I felt like I was a burden, but they just insisted that it wasn't, that it was so easy, that they were, um, their children looked forward to it because it meant they had a play date that day and they would always ask, is it Henry's day today? And they just made me feel like I was doing them a favor, which was just so opposite, but that's how kind and, and wonderful they were. So I've never forgotten that. It just meant so much to me. It helped me through a time when I literally felt like I needed to be cloned. Like I needed two of me because I couldn't even manage my two kids. And that's funny to me now because I have double that. But <laughs> anyway, so that was an amazing thing that somebody that four of my friends did for me. A couple minutes after my son Cooper was born, the OBGYN informed us that he suspected Coop had trisomy 21, or Down syndrome, and then abruptly left the room without really explaining why he suspected it. This came as a complete shock to my husband and myself. A little bit later that day, our pediatrician visited us in the hospital, and the first question we asked him was that Coop looked like he had Down syndrome. And our pediatrician replied, he looks like a child to me. It was one of the kindest things anyone has ever said to us because he saw, saw my son first and foremost as a child. And I'll never forget that moment. The kindest thing anyone has ever done for our family was we had made the decision to spend a month out state at a specialty clinic receiving therapy for our daughter. We would be traveling 20 hours away and living in a hotel for four weeks. None of this would be covered by insurance and everything was out of pocket. My husband's office pulled together money and handed us an envelope full of cash before we left. We were amazed at their generosity. They had also filled a backpack full of coloring books and activities. That backpack kept our very active daughter busy for almost the entire 20 hour drive. We had friends volunteer to take care of our lawn while we were gone and check on our house. We were so blessed during this time as people stepped in to take care of the things that we wouldn't be able to while we were gone. We were able to focus on caring for our daughter during this time. Hi, this is Catherine from Virginia. I have two boys, JP and Louie, both of whom have a genetic syndrome called ATRX. Last Christmas, when JP was two and I was pregnant with Louie, we were um, preparing to host my in-laws for several days, and a friend of mine who sensed how overwhelmed I was with the extra housework and meal planning in the midst of our daily therapy grind and um, care for, the, for JP uh, surprised me by stopping by with a um, loaf of bread she had baked and some fresh flowers. It was a really simple but sweet gesture, um, and it was really nurturing during an extra stressful time. Um, and it was a great practical support, too. It allowed us to have some extra food on hand and some flowers to display in our home, and it, it truly just brought me joy. My name is Stacy. My son's name is Mark, and he has Down syndrome. Just this last weekend, we had a dear neighbor who asked if he could bring something over to Mark. And we said, of course. And later that evening, he and his wife came and brought a book for Mark. And unbeknownst to me, he and Mark have been discussing this book. And 
he explained a little about the history of the book and how he had shared this book with a dear friend who has since passed away and how he felt that it was time for the the book to find a new home with a new friend and he chose mark and mark was so excited to have this book and he has pulled it out every day and looked at it and he talks about it at school with all of his friends and it has been the highlight of our Christmas season. We are so grateful as a family for the kindness of others. My sons Max and Dexter both have autism and um, one thing that has been done for us over the holiday season is uh, Max and Dexter are both obsessed with cars and trains and dump trucks and we have received um, packages either from strangers or from family and friends that are full of cars and trains and it's been really fun for the boys. They love seeing the UPS truck outside and they get really excited when they get a package and I know it's just a small and simple thing but it just means so much to our family that um, people think of our kids when they think of trains and cars and um, especially fire trucks. And another thing that people have done is also send us YouTube videos that they have found either from their hometown or they have taken videos for us in their hometown of the parades that have gone by or just anything that has been um, and lets them remember our, our kids. And we really appreciate that because our boys have a hard time with connecting to others. So this is just a way for people to connect with them. And it's really nice to be remembered um, through the holiday season. So we really appreciate that. And our boys love it. Max has a, a high sensitivity to food and he pretty much drinks all of his food. And something that his teacher at his autism preschool has recommended is to have Max watch videos of um, other kids his age or even older eating um, simple meals like spaghetti or soup or cereal or even peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and have Max watch them and so then he might or might not take a bite of the same thing that they are eating and we have gotten videos from some of my friends from high school from family and we are really grateful because now we have a ton of videos of a ton of different foods being eaten and it's just really nice to have a connection with people who are not with us on a daily basis, but just to know that people are so willing to help us and to send us videos of their kids eating. So it's such a simple thing, but it's really greatly appreciated for us. So that's just another thing that has been really meaningful to our family. Gosh, so many people have done so many things. And I've just been amazed at how people have just come out of the woodwork with money and gifts and notes. The one thing that sticks out in my mind is um, there is a woman who we had never met before and um, she was like I think her son worked with Evan's friend. There was not even really a straight connection and she just took to our story and she made a scrapbook of um, 
Brenna's like first six weeks and it was just this beautiful scrapbook. Um, she had taken pictures from my blog and made it you know into this beautiful book and then she started bringing us dinner and um, there was a meal train when Brenna was born that people could sign up to bring dinner and so this woman Kathy she signed up and then she signed up again the next month and then the next month and she has brought us dinner for the last four years almost um, once a month without fail and it always seems to be on a night that you know we had a had a bunch of doctor's appointments that day or maybe like Brenna um, had a you know routine surgery or just or just life is just crazy and Kathy just brings this like huge spread that will leave us with leftovers for the rest of the week and she has she will bake these awesome cakes for our kids birthdays and it's just this complete stranger has just adopted our family and just has provided for us for almost four years and I just think that's amazing um, what people will do. Hi, my name is Honora and my home state is Minnesota. My diagnosis, my two primary ones are neurofibromatosis type 1 and ataxia. And the nicest thing someone ever did for me was that after my spinal fusion in 2011, I was no longer able to lift up my crutches that I need to walk. Insurance wouldn't cover a new pair, so one of my friends actually paid the money to replace my clunky older crutches with new lighter crutches. That really meant a lot to me because that way I was able to keep my mobility and independence in a way I wouldn't be able to otherwise, and I still use those crutches to this day. I, I think that that was probably one of the biggest surprises um, after I had Wesley just kind of be, becoming involved in this community. Um, I, I, I can't say that it's one thing, but I think it's just kind of the overall sense of openness and willing to talk. Um, there, Someone had connected me with a mom who... Um, who who invited me over to her house for coffee and I think she has five kids and she had like two hours to herself and she invited me over during those two hours to be able to talk and tell me her story and to um, and to meet Wesley and to give me advice and hear my story and you know, let me vent and and I think it's just been that openness and the, the willing to talk and, and being a part of the community. Our children, Jonas and Maggie, were born with a genetic disorder called spinal muscular atrophy type 1. And through their short lives, we saw many acts of kindness. But um, one that comes to my mind the most is was more like a miracle, actually. A dear uh, neighbor came to us one day telling us that she wanted to do something to help us. She didn't know what, and we didn't really have great suggestions for her. We thought we were getting along and doing just fine but she recognized some financial needs and some limitations that we had with our home so with the help of her daughter she rallied a community with businesses a local high school and they created a carnival in our behalf which was able to raise some money to be able to help us financially 
And in the end, we were able to move into a new home that was more accommodating for our children, that was wheelchair accessible. And because of that, it really opened the world for our our children. Our, our son was actually never able to move into this home. He passed away before that, but our daughter's uh, world was just opened and it meant the world to us. And it truly was a miracle. Today's episode was recorded and produced by me, Sarah Evans. If you enjoyed the show, please take a quick minute to make sure you are subscribed in iTunes. We're going away for a few weeks, but if you'd like to be the first to know when the new season begins, make sure you are on our mailing list. Visit bringingupbetty.com news to sign up. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful Merry Christmas and a great day.